Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Uh, why don't you read them with me? The Word of God says, That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And let's pray. Lord, we're grateful for the opportunity to open your word. So many people across the world would love to have a copy of this book, and they don't have one. And yet we not only have one, we get to study it and meet freely here on a Sunday morning in your house. And Lord, we ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding. We live in complicated days and a lot of knowledge, information. It's hard to know what's real and what's not real. I pray you give us a discerning spirit. Help us to know the truth from lying. And Lord, that we use the word of God to filter everything that we hear through so we can have a biblical understanding of the world and be wise. I pray that you speak to each heart and reveal these things to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this morning we talk about Aliens. Does the Bible mention aliens? The Bible does declare the existence of extraterrestrial beings, but perhaps not in the way that you would imagine. And so we're going to look into the Bible today. What does the Bible say about aliens? Our text verse includes one of the three times the word alien is found in the King James Bible. And after some introduction, we'll look at those three times and show you some scriptures. Do extraterrestrial aliens exist? We're hearing an awful lot about this, aren't we? It's in the news on a weekly basis. It's talked about. Uh, and America has had an infatuation with the idea of aliens for many years. The United States spends over $22 billion a year on NASA. And since NASA's creation, the U.S. has spent almost $700 billion into exploration of the stars to understand the universe beyond Earth. There's been a lot more talk about aliens lately, even in the news. Now, the term UFOs, unidentified flying objects, has been changed to UAPs. Have you noticed that? Unidentified aerial phenomena. And the government loves its acrostics and its abbreviations for sure. Now, eyewitnesses are a perennial feature in the alien debate. They offer muddled accounts and blurry videos. Government whistleblowers have come forward saying the U.S. supposedly has crashed UFO material and even biologics, a fancy way of saying uh, alien material from extraterrestrial drivers. Uh, the U.S. government's gotten involved in the fray by uh, being compelled to release some data in recent years. Recently, the Mexican government jumped into the front line, front of the line, claiming to have proof of Martians and displaying two little Martian alien bodies. <laughs> What's going on? 
Are these aliens real? Uh, what are aliens? Well, to give a, a definition, dictionary.com says the word alien has two main definitions. Uh, the first definition is a foreigner, especially one who's not a naturalized citizen of the country where they are involved. For example, people coming illegally into the United States were for many years called illegal aliens. Notice you can't talk about that right now, but you can talk about aliens from the stars. It's amazing the priorities of uh, our government. The second definition at dictionary.com for the word alien is a hypothetical or fictional being from another world. And that definition itself tells you that much of the idea of aliens for many, many years has been hypothetical or fictional. The, the concept that there truly are aliens from another planet uh, out there gaining a lot of steam in, in American culture and among humanity is a fairly new phenomenon. Now, where did all this talk of aliens originate? Uh, for hundreds of years, people have looked to the stars and wondered if there were other planets with inhabitants similar to ourselves. That's a, a common wondering throughout the years, uh, even hundreds of years ago. But how did we get to the place where alien life is a topic of everyday conversation? And before we dig into the Bible, I want to give you, uh, just by way of introduction, some ideas about <clears throat> how this concept has become so pervasive in our culture. I'll say number one, uh, the, all this talk of alien comes from the power of media. The power of media. Books and movies have been written about extraterrestrial beings since the late 1800s. H.G. Wells wrote the famous alien invasion story, The War of the Worlds, in 1898. This classic science fiction book, a technologically advanced group of aliens, conquers the comparatively primitive humans with the ease as we would use to kill a fly. The aliens of that story were eventually killed by common human diseases against which they had no immunity. Makes for a good book, but is it real? On the Halloween Eve of 1939, Orson Welles performed a radio adaptation of the book, The War of the Worlds, by converting the then 40-year-old book into a series of fake news bulletins describing the alien invasion of New Jersey. Thousands of listeners uh, took it as real and were terrified, mistaking their show for the real thing. It said that Orson Welles woke up the next day and he was the most talked about man in America. He had no idea that people were taking this as serious. In 1947, nationwide media reported civilian pilot Ken Arnold's account of flying objects. This incited a wave of over 800 sightings of, quote, flying saucers. In 1947, the Roswell incident fanned the flames of alien excitement. A farmer found debris scattered in his ranch. After initial reports of finding a flying disc, the Army stated that it was part of a weather balloon related to atomic testing. The theories of alien activity persist to this day. And Roswell, New Mexico has taken that up. You go there and they've got aliens in their logos and aliens, restaurants, and, and everything else. In 1966, a TV writer named Gene Roddenberry proposed the idea 
of a TV show set in the future where evolved humans travel the stars meeting aliens. And although the original TV show only lasted three seasons, it opened the door to an imaginary universe that's still making movies and money today. Live long. In 1977, George Lucas released an epic space opera, as he called it, that became a worldwide cult culture phenomenon as well. Star Wars is still a lucrative line of sci-fi storytelling today. Also in 1977, Steven Spielberg released the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It became etched into public consciousness as a groundbreaking alien movie. Over and over and over and over. Movies and TV shows and countless shows. Video games have been written depicting the vast worlds of unusual alien creatures. Here's an interesting thought. Young people who have been born since the 1960s. Did you notice how I called you all young? <laughs> if you've been born since the 1960s, you were born into a world inundated with this idea of aliens and faraway cultures. It's just a part of culture where that would not have been so up until that point. So I think the everyday talk of of aliens has a lot to do with the power of the media. I think number two, why is it talked about every day? The wide acceptance of the theory of evolution with the idea of billions of years. If you have an evolutionary worldview, the idea is that the world is getting better and better. How's that working out for you? Um, the idea is the world's getting better and better, that we evolved from amoeba to monkeys to cavemen, and now we're here and we're going to eventually evolve into God-like creatures with, with huge technical abilities and vast knowledge. And we're going to eradicate pain and suffering and hunger and money and all of these things. The promise of evolution is a God-like society eventually. And if, how long does that take? If you add in billions of years then isn't there somebody somewhere that has attained this level of, of advanced superiority? I mean, clearly we're not there yet, but isn't there somewhat, somebody somewhere, evolution demands that somebody somewhere must reach this pinnacle in order to prove its theory. It stands to reason that people who believe that life could spontaneously occur on earth would believe that life could spontaneously occur on some similar planet somewhere out in the cosmos. Also, they believe that if the universe is billions of years old, why not believe that aliens have existed on other planets in that vast time? They say, well, maybe all the aliens are dead now, but surely they lived at some time over the last billions of years. The glaring problem is there's no evidence for any of these claims. These are faith-based claims by people who say they believe in science. 
And it's interesting how the same people who so quickly dismiss the existence of God will latch on to these far-flung ideas with such glee. Why is this an everyday topic of conversation? We mentioned the power of media. We mentioned the acceptance of the theory of evolution in billions of years. And number three, the premise that the universe is so big that there must be life out there. Have you heard this? I mean, it's just so big. It's so big. There's just got to be life out there somewhere. They, they focus on the, the claims of, of, of probability. And of course, if you just looked at the probabilities and the numbers, surely there are, is life out there somewhere. The Bible gives a solid explanation of this that we'll look at in a few moments. Why the everyday topic of aliens? Number four, the pride of humanity seeks significance apart from God. <coughs> Mankind is always looking for a reason outside of God, a reason that they matter, a reason that life itself matters. They are part of something bigger than themselves. Humanity is part of something bigger and larger, not God, but something and they latch on to these ideas. And again, people who choose to disbelieve God in the face of such amazing facts are very quick to believe in outlandish science fiction theories. What about the theory of ancient civilizations? Again, if you believe that the universe is billions of years old and that the earth has been here for billions of years, I mean, maybe there were ancient... Maybe there was a civilization a hundred thousand years ago that was that was very advanced. And the problem is we don't have any we don't have any proof of that. But maybe there was. Maybe there was a million years ago some advanced scientific some scientifically advanced race that roamed the stars and they have since died out. I mean, advanced ancient civilizations on Earth or in the cosmos. Some who reject God choose to believe that our world was seeded by aliens. Once you get deep into the evolutionary theory, it becomes more and more ridiculous that mankind spontaneously came to be as a, as a product of a series of beneficial mutations over millions of years. As you get deeper into the science, it doesn't get more clear. It gets more cloudy. It gets more improbable. So some who would reject God would say, well, perhaps humans here were seeded by an ancient alien race long ago. That would make for a good sci-fi movie, wouldn't it? The problem is, once again, there's no evidence of that. Some would choose to believe that aliens live among us now. I see. Uh, you're here. <laughs> Some of you are pointing at each other. <laughs> there are humans that make you wonder, but of course there is no there is no evidence for that again today. Some place there future in aliens. Some are confident that we will discover aliens. Now, they don't know if they're benevolent or violent. Uh, you know, depending on which sci-fi story you choose, sometimes they come and squash you like a bug, and sometimes they, they come and give you all the knowledge and help you. And, 
And either way, it's all fiction. But some people place their future in aliens. Uh, one of the things uh, picking up now is the multiverse theory. Oh, we're just one. We're just one universe in the midst of infinite other universes that are similar to ours. And again, that makes for a, a good movie. Why is it that the same people who choose to reject all the evidence that God's placed in their world are willing to look beyond all of that for some outlandish theory that can explain everything without God? And the answer is the pride of humanity seeks significance apart from God. All these theories have one thing in common, the absence of God. You ever sit down to watch a a sci-fi show or a, a dystopian view of the future, they all have one thing in common. Ask yourself, where's God in this picture? Where's God in this society? There is no God. Because all of these are attempts to make sense of the world and give some meaning for the future without God. And sinful human pride will believe almost anything rather than submit to the God of the Bible. What about lastly here, just by way of introduction, we find the sightings of UFOs and unexplainable events. You know, anything flying that we can't explain is technically a UFO. People say, do you believe in UFOs? I believe in things that are supposedly moving around, but we don't know what they are. But does that mean aliens exist? Of course, things occur in our world that we cannot explain. But once again, the people who quickly dismiss the existence of God in the Bible, despite overwhelming evidence, will so eagerly declare belief in aliens with no evidence. Belief in aliens is considered, quote, scientific and, quote, logical, while the same people consider belief in God as foolish. And next time somebody tries to make you feel bad for believing in God, you just need to take a step back and realize that almost everybody on the planet believes some ridiculous thing outside of the Bible. We are faith-based creatures. Amen. And whether that's multiple degrees from an amazing, uh, a well-known, uh, prestigious university, or whether that is somebody out in the middle of the Amazon who, who's never even seen a globe and knows their place in the world, every human being believes things based on faith. And they'll tell you they don't, but it doesn't take much digging to figure out that they do. And sometimes the smartest people will latch on to the most outlandish ideas to try to disprove the existence of God and give themselves meaning. So what do we do with all these things? What, what does the Bible say about these things? How do we process these thoughts in light of the Bible? I want to give you three thoughts before we're dismissed today. Three thoughts that I think will be helpful. Three facts from the Bible regarding this discussion of aliens. Number one, God created a vast universe to declare his glory. Amen. It's a fact that the universe is a big place. It's a fact that you look up at the heavens and go, wow. It's a fact that you can look through the Hubble telescope and get those pictures back and say, wow, look at the heavens. This is amazing. And by the way, 
That's their intention. The intention of the heavens is to declare <coughs> the glory of God. Science claims up to a half a billion galaxies, with each containing several hundred billion stars, with each star having some planets circling the stars. Now even just using that as a, let's say that's true, you think there's someone who's lived, who's counted up half a billion galaxies? And inside each of those galaxies, they've counted several hundred billion stars. Even that is a statement based upon projection. So it's amazing how when you get deeply into science, how few things that are taken as fact are literally fact. But we can certainly agree that the universe is a massive place with tons and tons of stars. That's the way God made it. It's said that it would take 200,000 years going space shuttle speed to travel across the stars. The universe is a big place. But why does the universe exist if God made humans on earth the focus? And this is so beautiful because when you study the Bible, the focus of all of God's creation is on this planet. And while... Some people say, well, certainly there must be other things among us, other peoples among the stars, because we spontaneously were created for no reason, and other people out there or other aliens were probably spontaneously created without reason. But no, no, wait a minute. What if God created the universe to declare his glory? And what if God put people on this earth and created the universe so they could look up and see what a big creator he was and what a powerful creator he was? And what if the entire plan of God revolves around you? See, folks, you don't need to find significance in, in the bigness of the stars. What you need to do is listen to what God has to say about you and realize how important you are. Amen. You are important to the creator of the universe. He made you specifically for a reason. He has a plan specifically for your life. He wants you to go to a specific heaven by trusting in the one Savior. And we see this massive universe created to declare the glory of God. Look at Romans chapter 1. Let's look at some verses now with the time we have remaining. <laughs> Romans chapter 1. And look at verse 20. Romans chapter 1, I look at verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest or revealed in them. For God hath showed it unto them. See, all of God's creation is God showing humanity who he is. From the vastness of space to the smallness of the atom and subatomic particles, God is teaching us about himself. Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, that's a Bible word for the Trinity, so that they are without excuse. The Bible says, listen, 
Nobody's going to die and have an excuse. Well, I didn't know there was a God. God said, no, everything around you showed you that there was me. Everything around you. Everything you can see. And if you dig deeper, layers underneath that, as far down as you want to go, you see the hand of God. As far out of the vastness of space you want to go, you see the fingerprints of God. Nobody will die saying, I didn't know there was a God. I didn't have enough evidence. God said, nobody's going to have an excuse. Nobody. Amen. Then why don't they get it? Look, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain or empty in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. So basically they they had the evidence that there is a God, and they said, no, I will not believe that. I will not. The imaginations, they would rather dream up some other scenario than to say, this is God. This is the hand of God. And professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Verse 23, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and birds and, and beasts. Uh, four-footed beasts and creeping things. And so isn't this what we've seen? They say, oh, there's no God. So they make man a God. They make creation a God. They make Mother Earth a God to be worshipped and revered. But the God who made it all is rejected and hidden. And the more they profess themselves to be wise, the more foolish they become. The Bible is clear that God made a mature universe to declare his glory to humanity. Sometimes they'll say, well, the farthest stars, it would have taken billions of years for the light to get, get to us here today. No, but when you read uh, Genesis chapter 1, we won't look at it for time's sake, but Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, I'll read it for you. And God said, let there be lights in the firm of heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. One reason why God created the heavens, a space, is for us and for uh, signs and seasons and days and years. And then he goes on to say, let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, sun, and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. You've got to understand, in God's mind, the vastness of space is almost like an afterthought. Yes, I made all this as part of my declarative creation of who I am and, and how amazing I am. But it wasn't even hard for God to create the stars. It wasn't hard for God to create the universes. He spoke, and it was. And what we find here is that God created a mature universe. Just like he didn't create Adam and Eve as babies and wait for them to grow. He created them as adult humans. And God made a mature universe when he said, let there be light. And there was light. The stars from uh, billions of miles away, the light was already here because he created it as a mature universe. <laughs> this is the power of God. Look at Psalm chapter 19. We're talking about God created a vast universe to declare his glory. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 19. <clears throat> Wonderful psalm to memorize. Psalm chapter 19. The heavens declare what? 
glory. The glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork or his creative power. See, we're supposed to look up to the heavens and go, wow, God's amazing. And that is the natural product of looking at God's creation unless you've been educated out of it. Look at verse 2. Day unto day uttereth what? Speech and night unto night showeth their knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. What the Bible is saying is creation speaks. Creation is saying something to you. What's it saying? It's declaring the glory of God. Look how amazing God is. Look how amazing the Creator is. That's why I often tell you, people that believe in evolution, they literally worship evolution. They are in awe of this thing called evolution. You say, do you believe in evolution? There are parts of evolution that are true, just like any good lie. There are parts that are true that they've taken from observable science and included them. And then there are parts that are provably false. Darwin himself said the fossil record would prove or disprove his theories. And the fossil record has never given us any, any uh, uh, reliable or obvious transitional creatures. Well, that's kind of an odd thing, don't you think? They've made some up over the years that were proven to be false. You see, when someone believes the theory of evolution, they're in all of it. They worship it. I've had people say, I don't believe in God. I believe in evolution as if it is a God. Because creation itself is made to make you worship. And so you're going to, by default, have to worship whatever you give the credit to creating everything that is. And there's a speech that day and night and God's creation declares, and it's heard in every language for those that want to hear it. Verse 4, their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. The whole earth has seen God's creation, and none of them have an excuse. He goes on to talk about the sun, uh, which is fascinating, the study of the sun itself. He said, well, there's a lot of suns, not like our sun. Our sun is a very specific type of sun in a very specific type of way. And boy, if, if our situation was, was less than 1% different in a large number of categories, human life could not exist on our planet. God created a special place for us in the universe called Earth. Look at Isaiah chapter 46. See, I, I wish kids were taught this today. I wish kids were taught you were special. They're taught that you're, you're here for no reason. When you die, it's all gone. Eat, drink, and, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. Go out and have as much fun as you can. They find no significance in their own lives, in their own being. I wish someone could look at each one of these precious babies in our community and say, you are special. You're Amen. here for a reason. Amen. God made you special. He loves you. There's nobody else on the planet like you. There's never been anybody like you. There'll never be anybody like you because God loves you and has a special plan for your life. Amen. That, dear friends, is a message of hope. Amen. Instead, the kids are left to try to feel special in all the wrong ways. Isaiah chapter 46. Look at verse 5. To whom will ye liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike? 
He goes, because you don't have a frame of reference for who I am. There's nothing you've ever experienced, nothing you have any type of history with that is like me. Amen. And that's a good thing. I'm glad we have a God who's so big that he has to explain us to himself, uh, explain himself to us. Look at Isaiah chapter 40. A lot we can look at here in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40. The Bible says, Who, God, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meditor measured the heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord to bring his counselor taught him? What's the Bible saying? All the 70% of the earth is water, and God says, I can hold all the earth's water in the palm of my hand. Just trying to give us some way to relate to him. The Bible says God measured the heavens with a span. In, in, in the Old Testament days, this was a span. And it would differ some, but it was a pretty reliable measure. And they could take this right here, spread out the, the thumb and the pinky, and get a reliable measurement. They'd say, oh, that's three spans. And God says, as vast as the universe is, I can do this to the universe. I can measure it all within the span of my hand. See, God is so much greater and powerful than we can possibly imagine. The Bible says God knows exactly how many stars there are in each of their names. Psalm 147, verse 4. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. The Bible says the earth takes center stage in God's universe. Psalm 115, 16, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. God says, I've made a special place for you to live. Everything else belongs to me. It shows my glory. But I've given you the earth to live. Look at Isaiah chapter 66. Once again, showing the special place that earth has in God's creation. Isaiah chapter 66. In verse 1, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? He said, I've given a special place to the earth. The earth is my footstool. It's got a special place in my economy. So we're answering questions. What's the Bible say about aliens? Well, well surely the, the universe is so vast. Surely there must be somebody out there. Well, the Bible says that God created a vast universe to declare his glory. But he has set his love and plan upon us. We're very special. Number two. Angels and demons are, by definition, extraterrestrial beings. The word extraterrestrial simply means of or from outside the earth or its atmosphere. So by definition, angels and demons are extraterrestrial. See, what does this have to do with aliens? Well, we've learned from the scriptures, and we preached a message on this a few weeks ago, Angels and demons can interact with the world. Angels appeared to Abraham in Genesis chapter 18. 
Balaam and his donkey encountered an angel in Numbers chapter 22. 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha and his servants see an army of angels circling them for protection. The Bible's filled with examples of, of angels interacting with humanity. Well, we also see in the New Testament that demons and evil spirits can wreak havoc with humanity. We learn in Hebrews chapter 13, angels can interact with humans as obvious angels, where if you see one, they're like, whoa, that's an angel. Or they can mask their true nature to where you think that they're just like anybody else. We talked about that. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. So angels are clearly able to mask their true nature. What does this have to do with aliens? Well, consider a few questions regarding angels and demons in the context of aliens. Here's a thought. Would angels have the same DNA as humans if you were to get their DNA? Interesting thought. They take on, if they take on a physical form, would that physical form have the same DNA? The Bible doesn't say. What would traveling angels or demons look like if they were to be captured on radar or camera? What would that look like? Clearly we know that they're not held to the laws of physics. They can go faster and farther and do things that we're not aware of that defy our laws of nature. So what would it look like if they were to be <coughs> viewed? And if an angel can make themselves, these spiritual beings, if they can make themselves visible to humans, <coughs> Can they make themselves visible to human radar and camera? The Bible doesn't say, but it stands to reason to me that they could. Here's a thought. Since the Bible doesn't describe what demons look like, could they be mistaken for aliens? If you saw a demon and didn't believe in demons, you might think, oh, that's a, an alien. Or a trans-dimensional creature? Could demons change their appearance and or behavior to mimic the modern idea of aliens? It's an interesting thought. We know that demons impersonate angels. We know that Satan impersonates God. We know that they can change how they interact with humanity. Could they change their appearance and behavior to mimic whatever the modern idea of an alien is? The Bible doesn't say, but it stands to reason to me that they could. There's a lot of other questions we could ask there, but it is very possible Amen. that things that are called aliens could be spiritual beings. Right. And by the way, I am... If, if it did the devil's bidding to distract people from God, don't you think that he wouldn't give some proof of aliens, even if there were none, if it would draw people further away from God? Because he absolutely would. By the way, some of the creatures that we see in the book of Revelation that are demonic in nature, if you didn't believe in demons, you might think, well, those are aliens. We got a lot to think about, don't we? Let me say lastly, we said number one, 
that God created a vast universe to declare his glory. Number two, angels and demons are extraterrestrial beings by definition. Number three, aliens are a distraction from God and his plan. Good. Aliens are a distraction. The Bible does not reveal the existence of extraterrestrial aliens. In fact, I personally believe they don't exist. The Bible promotes God's plan for humanity. And there's some te technical reasons for that, some theological reasons. The scriptures <clears throat> indicate that Adam's sin affected the entire universe, Romans chapter 8, verses 20 through 22, that the universe was affected, all of God's creation was affected by Adam's sin. How could one man's sin affect all of creation? Well, because mankind is the center of God's plan. We also know that when God's done with the earth, the universe will be destroyed. Isaiah 34, 4, and all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll, and all their hosts or inhabitants shall fall down, and so on. Well, I'll talk about that in the book of Revelation as well. well. I personally don't believe there are aliens. You say, well, what would happen if one landed on the, the front lawn of the church? I'd go out and get my church, I'd go out and get my gospel track. Say, uh, let me tell you about Jesus. See, aliens are a distraction from God and his plan. Let me give you three sub-thoughts we'll be done. Aliens are an attempt to disprove the word of God and the existence of God in the Bible. See, a lot of people believe, well, if there's aliens, then the Bible's not true. When in fact... The Bible does not say whether there are or are not aliens from other worlds. The Bible is God's word for humanity, detailing God's plan for the inhabitants of earth. If, if, even if there were aliens, that fact does not disprove the Bible. And like I said, I would not be distracted and try to tell them about Jesus. You might find out he's just a demon in disguise anyway. <laughs> aliens are an attempt to disprove the word of God and the existence of the God of the Bible. Letter B, the existence of aliens is being set up as a plausible reason for the disappearance of millions of believers in the rapture. Yeah. See, how's the devil going to explain millions of people being gone in the rapture? In the Bible, I've got verses here, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 11, the Bible says we're not called to wrath, to salvation. God's going to remove us before he pours out his wrath in the tribulation on the <laughs> The world. So there's going to come a day when, in the twinkling of an eye, all the believers are going to be gone. How are you going to explain the disappearance of millions of people? Well, it'd almost be like stepping into a transporter. Star Trek transport. Beat me up, Scotty. I'm gone. And what if there's some plausible explanation, which, by, by the way, the Bible says in that day that unbelievers are going to believe a lie. They're going to believe whatever crazy thing they've heard. What if these benevolent aliens came and rescued us from these terrible people called Christians? You better believe it. It's being set up as a distraction. And then lastly, as part of this distraction, the Bible describes unbelievers as aliens from God in need of salvation through personal faith in Jesus Christ. And let's end where we started, Ephesians chapter 2. See, the, the whole idea of aliens distracts people from the fact that they're going to meet God someday. They're worried about meeting an alien. You better be worried about meeting God. 
Are the aliens going to be nice or mean? You better be worried about standing for the great white throne. You better be worried about not dying in your sins. Amen. In the Bible, the, the three places the word alien is used, one place is Lamentations chapter 5, verse 2. The word alien means strangers or foreigners. Israel was turned over to strangers during the Babylonian captivity. Interesting what's happening on our southern border. They say that up to, up to 7 million people have entered the southern border illegally in the last few years. That's the, if that's the guess, it's probably far more. Do you know how big the city of Chicago is? Three million people. Do you know how big the city of Boston is? About 750,000. That's 10 plus Bostons. Almost three Chicagos of people that are just coming into America, not having a place to go, not having... So what are you going to do? We need to win into Christ, but we also need to understand there is a plan in effect. And one of the things you see is, is in the book of Revelation, you do not see a strong America. And I believe America is being weakened as part of the end time strategy. Folks, I don't think we're just in the last days. We're in the last of the last days. And unless God sends a revival, we're circling the drain. I mean, humanity's in trouble. And their only hope is Jesus Christ. And all of these things are a distraction from the fact that people need Jesus. Amen. Our second time this word aliens used is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 34. And it talks about through faith, God's servants won battles against the heathen despite the incredible odds against them. The word alien speaks of foreigners. The third time we find the word alien is here in the scripture. Look at it and we'll be done. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ being what? Aliens. They were foreigners. Unwelcome guests. You didn't have any part in the promises made to, to humanity through Israel. And we were strangers from the covenants of promise. And notice... <clears throat> That as aliens apart from God, we had no hope. Why? Because we were without God in the world. That is the state of every unbeliever in the world. They are aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. They are strangers from the promises of God. They are living without hope because they are without God. And they only have one hope. And we find that in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye, you believers... But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, were made nigh or close by the blood of Christ. Amen. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. The answer for the world is Jesus Christ. Amen. A lot of people don't know that. Right. And a lot of people are content to binge watch Netflix, go as a drone throughout the world, running from pleasure to pleasure, fascinated with all of these imaginations without ever coming to the knowledge of the truth. But there's a God who loves them. Yeah. There's a Savior who died for them. 
And if they come to Jesus, they can have everything they've been missing. Amen. And that's what we need to tell people. So in order to do that, we need to remind them the existence of God and the truth of his word. We can't be distracted from the disappearance of millions in the rapture. And we need to get the gospel to every man, woman, and child so they can have the opportunity to put their trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth that we've learned from the Word. Interesting subject and a lot of chaos in the world about this subject. I pray that your people would not be distracted, discouraged, disillusioned by any of these chaotic things. Lord, it wouldn't surprise me if someone did trot out an alien. It wouldn't surprise me if there would be some great lie that would be the ultimate distraction from the truth. But Lord, help us to be truth tellers. Help us to speak the truth of God. The Holy Spirit of God, would you please help people to see. The Bible says that the lost are blind. Help them to see. Help them to understand something's not right. Put an agitation in their heart. Uh, a knowledge that something's not right, that there's something spiritual going on, perhaps something they've never considered. And Lord, help us to be your mouthpieces to get out the gospel and bring in glory. Point people to you and who you are. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're not sure you're saved, we'd love to take a Bible and show you how you can know for sure. Maybe you've been distracted by some of these things, discouraged, of course, the, the terrible things going on in Israel, the world seeming to align against Israel as part of prophecy as well. Terrible atrocities taking place around the world. The world needs Jesus. Maybe today you'd 